All right. What's going on, everybody? My name is Josh Corporal. We are streaming live from Key West, Florida for another episode of Fire Builder Live. I have a very special guest, Megan Haney Greer, on the show. Welcome, Megan. Thank you. Thanks for having me on, Josh. I was just sharing the link here live on my page, too. Yeah, go uh, for it. While so you- that we can... Yeah, yeah. While, while I do that, go ahead. Yeah, while you do that, uh, so just so that everybody knows if this is the first time that you are tuning in to this whole show, what we do is we stream live Monday through Saturday at noon Eastern. We bring on experts like Megan. We talk about big topics and how to break those down into small goals, small steps, things that you can do consistently every day to improve because consistency is the key. And we're going to be talking all about ocean conservation and what you can do, how to make big waves with little actions, you know, things that you can do every day to help support um, having healthier oceans. And honestly, the perfect spokesperson for this is Megan. I'm so happy that you're on. I mean, you have been, let me just try because as I wrote this, as I wrote this, it was uh, difficult for me because you've done so much <laughs> and I had to whittle, I had to whittle a lot of stuff down, but let me see if I can just rattle off some of this stuff on your rap sheet. Huffington okay. Post recently named you one of the most 28 most badass women you should be following on Instagram. <laughs> you are an accomplished athlete, model, professional speaker, you're a marine educator, an expedition leader, a conservationist, a stunt diver, which we can get into a little bit, and a television personality. But very in, in very like dramatic fashion, in 96, you set the U.S. freediving record for both men and women in the constant weight category. And you have been an original inductee in the Women's Diving Divers Hall of Fame and a fellow in the Explorers Club. Uh and because of all of these amazing exploits, you have been featured in publications and graced graced the pages of things like Life, People, Outside Magazine. But in addition to all of this stuff, mom, a mentor, strong female figure, positive role model for women, for everyone all over the world, young and old. You've got degrees in ecology, in evolutionary biology, anthropology, and you are honestly living proof that that you can make an impact like just one person can make an impact. And that is what we are going to be talking about today. Again, so awesome to have you on the show. Let's do this. Megan, welcome. Man, thanks for having me. That was that was quite the introduction. And uh, <laughs> I, I have to say, you know, like I really um, I, I am like an old school freediver, a Florida Keys kid at heart, because that's where I grew up. So I'm jealous that you're in Key West right now. I'm out in Colorado. I just got back from the Keys and I miss it already. But yeah, I mean, I, I definitely have kept busy. I like to push my uh, to challenge myself, push my limits and just um, see where it goes. So I, I've definitely kept busy over my career. And that's spanning, I, you know, I got into all this stuff very young. So I started when I was like 18 years old on all of these projects. So, Well, I feel like that's just a good philosophy in general, just to sort of like take it one day at a time, see where it goes, like do your best. Who knows? Like kind of cool adventures that you're going to get into. I think somewhere along the line, uh, as I was doing research for you, I saw you on Letterman. 
I mean, you've done like, you've sort of been everywhere. That was a trip. That was such a trip. I I totally, you know, so all of that, all of the media stuff, that huge, um, you know, I just had this huge wave of media I was riding after I did my record dives back in the, in the late 1990s, so 96 and 97. And none of that was expected at all. And it was just these, these elements came together. We had great pictures and video from the dive day and, you know, nothing catastrophic happened in the news that day. And it made for a good story. And, um, you just all these pieces came together and yeah, it ended up where like, I got a call from Letterman and Life magazine and people. And it was like, just incredible. Yeah. Hell yeah. And I can tell you that like, for as much excitement as I'm sure Letterman was, you have some mega fans watching right now as we speak. So let me let me let me put on let me put on a couple of these just to show you. Uh, so Perry and ah! super <laughs> awesome. fan, like very excited, right? Was lucky to grow up with Megan as a person to look up to. Go Little Torch, absolutely. That's awesome, like good couple, to see you, Angel. Couple keys up. Um, so yeah, so yeah. we have a, we have a lot of a lot of great people on listening and, uh, and really. And really, like to be honest, um, the stuff that you're doing now has—is it still focusing a lot of on free diving? Is it, uh, or is it more lumping in ocean conservation with with your messaging and, and sort of just being like a um, you know an advocate of the world oceans and ocean health? I see them really as tied together in my world. So my water roots run incredibly deep, no matter where, no matter, like I said, I am through and through a Florida Keys kid at heart, always will be. And no matter where I go, um, where I live, where my adventures take me and explorations and everything, I will always have at least one fin in the Florida Keys. Um, you know, that's, that's my home and my heart. And, um, I, I just, uh, and so in that way, everything is tied to freediving for me and the ocean in particular. Uh, throughout the course of my career and all the different, you know, hats I've worn and things that I've done, it kept coming back to the same thing of the connectivity of the world and, and us to it. And then also this really unique perspective that I was able to get underwater. And anybody who puts on a mask and, and looks underwater, you get this incredible perspective of what is actually happening down there. And my experience underwater spans over you know multiple decades now. And so I've been able to see the changes and our human impact on the underwater world. And that's a really important element. You know, when I was on this trip down in the Keys last time, which was so wonderful, I went down there, uh, well, and I got to meet you, which is awesome. And, um, but I was down there with my son and we were calling it kind of our splendid isolation. We were hanging out at my, my parents' place and just getting a full salt infusion. And it's amazing because I think so many people in an amazing environment like the Florida Keys look at the surface of the water and the ocean is, you know, appears, well, it, it's boundless and it goes, um, you know, it just has so many mysteries and it's so beautiful and it's it just holds so much mystery. And the whole thing is that you look at it from the surface and it always looks like that you put your face underwater and you see these changes. And so that's really the, one of the things that I'm really passionate about is connecting people with the underwater world, because it's, I think it's really important. It's vital for people to see what's going on down there. Because you're right. Like they, all they see is the surface and from the surface, nothing changes. It just looks. It's sparkly and magical always. And when you go underwater, 
you, you get that, that realization of the changes that have taken place. And it's, it's really impactful. What was it like? I mean, I, because you growing up here in the Keys, like you experienced that ever since you were a kid. Like, so you right. have seen the evolution of, of what's happening. What is happening that, that you see? Well, so there's a, there's obviously a lot of changes uh, that have taken place underwater um, with the, uh, well, and I shouldn't say obviously, because we were just talking about how a lot of people, you know, maybe even aren't aware of that, but we hear about it. I think it, it's pretty hard these days to escape the environmental news that we're getting inundated with, it seems, um, you know, whether it's climate change and ocean, ocean acidification and all the kind of uh, domino effect from that and um, plastic pollution and all of these other really big overwhelming uh, environmental issues that we hear about. Um, what I have seen take place underwater, and it's been happening slowly, and it's becoming um, increasingly, you know, it's increasingly fast. We're seeing these changes underwater. But when I was a little girl uh, living in the Keys, and we would go exploring, it was our default to go play in the water. You know, it's like, go outside and play, get out from underfoot type of thing. And and that was our, our default. And we had... Um, mangrove forests all over the place and our swimming holes and the canals that um that were on the island and and then also the flats and so the flats in particular and, and some of the boat basins um the boat basin and canals don't have as much water turnover as out in in the flats because you know the tides are coming and going every day of course so it's kind of washing through the flats what one of the biggest changes and something i've been you know, trying to share with and explain to my son who's seven is that I'll say, you know, when mommy was a little girl and we would swim out here, all of this was alive. Like the ground was alive. It was live rock. You know, there were anemones and sponges and soft corals and all of these different things mixed in and creating this really important habitat for all the little critters that then, you know, support the food web as you go up. So you have like, you know, the little guys are feeding the bigger guys and feeding the bigger guys. And then we eat the bigger guys usually and all that stuff. And, and, uh, it's been a really interesting process, like trying to explain because he'll look at it and he'll go, mommy, it's beautiful. And I'm looking at it and I'm seeing like, yeah, there's, there's green stuff growing, but it's like all these different varieties of brown and green algae that is essentially has grown there because the, the infrastructure of the ocean on the ground has died from lack of oxygen and the raising temperatures of the water and all of these things. So one thing though, so those are some of the changes that I've seen underwater along with the fishing and, and, um, you know, populations of fish and our apex predators. But something that I really focus on, Josh, is that I feel like it's important to have a really good understanding of the problems that are out there. But I very quickly, once that's understood what the issues are, I like to move on from that and talk about how, what we can do about it and how we can land in that empowered middle ground for, uh, you know, basically conservation empowerment and conservation action. So empowerment and action go hand in hand in my view. And it's, um, it's important, especially right now, that we are empowered and we are taking the actions that we can. And so that's what I li really like to focus on is moving. Here are the problems. Oh my God, really overwhelming. They're there. We got it. And then what can we do about it? And then moving on from there, you know? You're right. Cause when people hear about all of this, they hear about the problems. It is overwhelming because you feel like you don't have any control. Number one, um, like decisions <laughs> are being made and we're just all, 
you know, we're just all subject to that. And then on top of that, uh, I like that approach because people get paralyzed with trying to analyze how we got here. Right. Like I do, I do appreciate for sure. It is important to understand the history of how we got here, but it's also just as important to figure out what can we do as far as next steps. So, so yeah, so I, I completely 100% agree. Like let's focus on what we can do. And to be honest, it doesn't seem like, like you don't have to go and join the, the sea shepherd, you know, (laughs) or like to make some crazy, like life altering decision. Um, no, to do your part. No, I mean, that would be rad if we could all go yeah. out and like live on a boat and like chase down whalers that are breaking the law, all this stuff. But we can't. I mean, we have to also be realistic and we have obligations and commitments and lives and kids and, you know, all this stuff. Uh, we have to show up in our lives. And so while that would be amazing, uh, looking at it in a very realistic and sustainable way for ourselves in our everyday lives is, is paramount to any, to taking any kind of action. So one thing I like to acknowledge with these big, kind of overarching issues is that they're all connected. So if we can take just one moment of recognition for this crazy, um, difficult, challenging, frustrating, and sad situation we're in with this pandemic, is that the amazing realization of how connected everything is. I kind of like at the beginning of this pandemic, I was looking at this whole situation, like, okay, so here, here it is like the whole picture. And I was imagining it as like a big quilt, right? All the different patches and everything like that. And this pandemic is one thread that got pulled. And we have watched systematically the entire quilt, or at least we're maybe about at least half to three quarters of the way into the quilt of unraveling because it is all connected. Now I think, you know, we will be able to get back with, with, um, you know, people coming together and putting pressure on leadership and things like that. We, it's, you know, we'll get there. But what's, I think the, the important thing to take away from that is that that's actually good news that everything's connected, especially when it comes to conservation. And the reason I say this is because we as individuals look at these huge, overwhelming problems and it is paralyzing and there's you know things that are spinning out of it um that you know it's kind of nice in a way i think i sometimes it's funny because we we feel it we can feel it's cliche to give some everything a name but there's actually a lot of studies going on right now with ecological grief and ecological anxiety um in particular for people impacted by um climate change uh you know with the different uh increasing weather issues we've been having with hurricanes and fires and tornadoes and whatnot. And also um, people that work in, in my industry with marine conservation or conservation in general and dealing with those different issues kind of um, on the front lines of that, the ecological grief that comes with that. So these things are being studied and what Wait, is can really- I, Can I ask you a question actually? Yeah. Is it a grief sure. because of what's happening <laughs> or is it a grief because you feel powerless in your inability to, to affect change. Like some of these people that have devoted their whole lives to doing this and seeing maybe or feeling for a split second that they're not even making a dent. Is that where the grief stems from? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of, of publications uh, in, and peer reviewed articles and stuff like that coming out now about that. But yeah, I, I think it's kind of the combination of both where you're inundated with this information and the realization of what is going on. And then you're going, okay, so here's my role in this. And what I'm, I'm doing, 
Um, maybe that is negatively impacting, but here's the work that I'm doing and trying to inspire and have this, this constant, um, fuel tank of our, you know, to tap into for our own inspiration to keep going and keep working and try and inspire other people to better understand and to take action. So I think it's kind of the combination of, of both the, of those things, but really the, the cool thing about all of this being connected is that we as individuals, when we're dealing or when we're looking at these big overwhelming issues and maybe feeling those things of hopelessness and um, be feeling helpless, like what in the world could I possibly even do that could make a difference um, is that with the small changes that we can make. So by just changing some of our habits, what happens is that with this connectivity, when you address any of these small things, because all of the big issues are connected, pollution, uh, you know, climate change, uh, all of this stuff, that when you address one small thing, you're actually addressing all of these big issues, which is awesome to think about, I think, you know, in those, in that context, because you're going, okay, so now here I am doing my one thing today, whatever it is, takes you a minute and be, Soon it, you're just kind of desensitized to it and you don't even think, you don't even think about it. And we can talk more about what some of those things are, but, um, but yeah, then you're, you're doing this one thing and you're addressing this huge, big picture. You one little person, right? Cause we're all like, I like to think of it in this context, in this context where, okay, the ocean, so big, so huge, just like the most amazing place that takes up the most space on our planet, right? It's made up of individual drops of water. And then that can even probably be broken down. And I don't, I can't get into all of that stuff because it just want, makes my head want to explode. We won't but go there. We don't have enough time. We won't anyway. go there. <laughs> so it's like all the mysteries of the world, right? But, but if you think about it like that, like when you put all of us together, if we're all, or even a large majority of us, which now actually people who um, the statistics are showing that the majority of people are polling saying that climate change is a very serious issue that needs to be addressed. And there can, and now it's, it's getting right up there with the economy and things like that. And this we're seeing around the world. So this is becoming more and more prevalent in everybody's lives because we're all being touched by it. And, um, and so anyway, I just, I think that, you know, when we're looking at that idea where there's so many of us going, Oh my God, like, I want, I get it. I, I want to do something, but I don't know what to do. So then it's like, can I really, if we're all asking, can I really make a difference? We on this planet are almost like 8 billion strong. So yeah, we can, you know, that's how we got here. So we get to choose. I love one, uh, Jane Goodall, one of her uh, most amazing quotes to me is that we, you know, and I'm not great. I usually butcher quotes, but the, so I give like the general idea. The general idea of the quote is that we all get to choose every day or we all make an impact every day and we get to decide what kind of impact that is. And that's where I think really for all of us that, that do care and do want to make a difference, that's where that empowerment comes from. It's like, okay, so now I know I, I do have this superpower. I can an impact and, and make a positive change. And then it's like, how do I do it? Exactly. Yes. Like, what's the next step? And that is honestly a perfect, a perfect segue into the first question. Whoosh, right, yeah, right into it. One of the things I love to ask people on this show is how do you start? So if you'd like to start to make an impact, now you're starting to 
really recognize the effects that are that are that the world is seeing that that people are starting to realize this what do they do and if you had to had to start somewhere what would you do how would you start what would be the one thing that you did first well so so for me and I'll speak from my own experience because I um I there's a couple things that we do let's see I'll start with my experience. And in my experience, I had to do a little bit of a mindset switch. So one, I felt that uh, it was extremely important. The very first step is to embrace our imperfections as humans. We are, you know, and in that idea is that sustainability, I think, can get presented as very complicated. And, um, and so something I like to do is try and demystify and simplify this idea of sustainability and conservation, because if we look at sustainability, just basically as treating this place, like we intend to stay, which is my plan. Um, I'm not really interested. Mine too. Definitely. I'm not interested in trying some other planet right now. So, um, not really an option anyway. Right. But I, so it's, that's, that's as simple as we really need to get into it. And then from there, it's going, you know, all of these kind of ways that we, if you, even if you do a Google search, like sustainability, and you look at these different things, well, then you're inundated with these ideas of zero waste. And, you know, you can, you can literally drive yourself mad with all of the little places that it, it, you, that you have to make all these changes in order to be a so conservationist many, so or doing that. There's so, so many, many options and it's completely overwhelming. And, and I, every one of those people that have the options say that like, this is the most important thing. Like you need to do like zero right. waste or die, you know, right. kind of thing. And so then you're like, Oh my goodness, I have to do all of this stuff or like, and then you're paralyzed again. Right. So you have like, you can either pretend none of it's happening and stick your head in that everything's okay. Sand, or you're going to be over here where you're just like, so paralyzed by the overwhelming nature of the problems and then the supposed solutions. But where we want to be is in this empowered middle ground. So that's the mindset I was talking about. It's like, how do we get there? So one of the things that I had to do was to embrace my imperfection. So I consider myself the imperfect conservationist. And that is for me and everybody else that cares and wants to do something. Man, we are human. Um, we cannot continue to feel guilty for our existence, but we can certainly make better choices and decisions and change some of our little habits that can make a positive impact. So one is really embracing that and giving yourself the hall pass for being here. It's fine. We're here. Let's make the best of it and figure out how we can do this better. What I and, honestly, what I love about that is because is because like you were saying, the grief that someone feels like ecological grief, for example, yeah. right? It sort of relieves you of that in a way, right? Like just uh, if, if that grief is stemming from a fact that like, oh man, well, I'm human and humans created this and God, like I should feel bad about that. Well, maybe you should in a little bit of a way, but in another way, like take some of the pressure off, just realize that you're imperfect and let's move forward. Right. So it can really just relieve that pressure valve in a way, you know, because it can be so paralyzing. And what, and this, like I said, is from my experience. I work in this field. This is, I, I work for the ocean every day. This is my, you know, I feel like this is my, my purpose on this planet is to help share some of these things. And I was experiencing this myself where I was feeling so down and so paralyzed 
and like such a failure because I wasn't doing it all. And then that was so discouraging and I was disappointed in myself. And then I was looking at that and I'm like, well, why bother? And so then I started seeing this unraveling of my own kind of ideals and some of that stuff. And I was like, whoa, stop, stop. Cause that's not, that was not rational for me. I was like, okay, so I need to unpack that and figure out what was going on. And for me, it was some of that ecological grief. I was feeling so overwhelmed. And then I, and then I read one of these articles and it had the name ecological grief. And I was like, Oh, thank God there's a name. (laughs) I can kind of understand it. Well, and then like, it it's so empowering to just know you're not alone in something like that, right? About how you're feeling and then and that I was feeling like I was failing so much. And so that was where I kind of came up with this idea about the imperfect conservationist, which is my video blog I'm going to be launching really soon and will address all these little tiny things that we can do. And and here's the thing. I like to share my experiences and what has worked for me, which I'll get to because we have that question up there about like what one thing everybody can do every day. And the whole thing is, is it's this mindset switch. So it really becomes kind of like this backdrop of just a lifestyle where it's not, it doesn't need to be imposing. It doesn't need to be something that you're, you're holding this high bar where it's this all or nothing deal. And you're just like an epic failure. If you, you know, get, get takeout food and there's all this plastic stuff in there. It's like, oh, okay, geez, I'm going to have to remember to ask next time, but what you can make little adjustments, but here's the thing. So what works for me may not be a battle some you know like one thing i choose may not be a battle somebody else wants to do it may not be sustainable for them you know cuz we all have like our i mean we're we're weird habitual creatures right each one of us individually like we have our human oops human race you know and then we also have like just our own individual um, idiosyncrasies things. and little quirks and stuff that's important to us or not or whatever and so you know i can share so the one thing to really address that that question and make it concise for uh anybody who's wanting to kind of step into this space of it, of you know conservation empowerment is resetting the way you look at it and and that mindset about it that we are imperfect it is not an all or nothing deal and all change is an inside job. I don't care what you are trying to change in your life. It is all, it all begins right here and in the space around you. So your home. And then what's awesome about this. And when we start making these little changes that work for us in our lives, that then just become habit that you don't even think about anymore. And you're still making, it's like, it's like passive income, right? Like you're doing good or you're, you know, the passive income, you're making money. You're not really even doing anything that you realize <laughs> anymore. So it's great. Um, and I think that, you know, once we start doing that, we get into what I, I, I came up with this term and I, I've just been noodling it around because I think it's kind of fun to think of it in this way, but it's the inspiration infinity loop. So when you get into this thing where we're like, one of the most inspiring things for me is when somebody else, um, when I learn from somebody else what they're doing, or if they say, man, I saw you talk about this and, and that one thing you changed and I tried it. And now I do it. That is so inspiring for me that I touch somebody else's life like that and, and was able to make an impact. And then thinking about how that, how that spreads, you know, it's like the, this, um, it's the great multiplier inspiration 
because if you, you know, you pictured in that infinity loop going and, or um, another one I like to use, or to talk about is, um, and use in explaining this is if you had a candle and then you just like stand with your feet there and light the candles of everybody around you, just maybe five people, right? In your, your circle. And then they do that. And then they do that. I mean, that's how, that's how change happens. That hockey stick, you know, that exponential right. growth. You just go. It it really is the great multiplier inspiration in that way. And and that's how we make the biggest impact because there are, you know, we're pushing eight billion on this planet. So it just um Well, as you say that then, like uh as far as shifting your mindset and understanding that you're imperfect, um, do you how do you use that, kind of employ that idea to inspire other people? Is it just through talking with them, like trying to do that every day with someone, trying to talk to them about how how it's okay to be imperfect and how we should still, you know, we should still make an effort because it's all connected, like you said? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's that's pretty much it, is that, you know, I, I do a variety of things. I mean, I, I love connecting with people and having the conversations and trying to be curious, um, like lead with curiosity and what other people, um, people's views are. I mean, this, you know, and it's, it's interesting in our, uh, I think, you know, in our world today, uh, climate and environment and all of this stuff has become so polarizing. And, and I'm not really about changing minds. I will listen to other views and I will listen to, um, you know, all the different views that, that people have. And, um, but change really does, you know, start at home and start with ourselves. And so I'm not really about changing minds, but I definitely uh, work for empowering all of us to embrace our superpower that we have to enact change. And I'm a firm believer in that. And it's interesting because I do that to inspire myself as well, because I do, I do get discouraged sometimes and down and low and feel like, Oh my gosh, you know, I'm not, I can't, I can't go fast enough. I can't do it all. I can't. And, and then it's like, okay, stop, take a breather, rain it back here. Like roll that, slow your roll, you know, (laughs) but, and then, and then I look at the things that I am doing and the people that, um, have shared with me that I have had an impact on them and, and then, you know, how they've impacted their sphere. And, and it really, um, yeah. So Here, I, I like to, I mean, put, I can, let me put uh-huh. this up real quick before we go, like, check this out. <clears throat> um, Mandy says I litter pick on my daily 10,000 steps. And a couple of people asked where they could get a litter picker as they felt inspired to litter pick as well. So it works. <laughs> Perfect. It seriously does. Yes, I love that. And so she calls it litter pick. I love that. And there's also plogging where you jog and you have a bag and you pick up the trash and then you get your squats in too. <laughs> plogging. I've never heard plogging. that word. Yeah, it's kind of funny. It, there's like a funny video somewhere floating around on the on the interwebs. Um, no, but it, it really is about that empowerment that I actually do make a difference. And that's where all of that um, can can begin. And so it's the mindset. So I will share, you know, because I, I always love to share what has worked for me in the event that it works for somebody else too. Maybe that is one little habit that you're like, oh yeah, that'd be easy. I can change that. And then slowly start adding little things in to your backdrop, right? Your conservation backdrop. Um, one of the things that I do, and I've, I've literally, I have an array of these 
reusable bottles, which I know we all, you know, likely have heard like the plastic bottles and all this stuff. There's a few really good re- like like health reasons why this is a much better option for all of us to be drinking out of something that's not leaching uh, toxic carcinogens into our water. That's a no brainer, right? Can you hold that back up. What what kind of yeah. water bottle was that? Oh, so this one, you know what? It's so beaten up. I can't, it probably is like a, oh, I think it's a hydro flask. And then I, I, um, there's several brands. I like the stainless steel ones cause I, uh, drop things a lot. And so <laughs> I'm always like, I can't have nice things because this one's all beat up. It's like all flattened on the bottom. Cause I've dropped it so many times. It shows you live life, you know? It's like yeah. The glass stars. ones don't last long with me, but man, if you're really careful that that's a great way to go too, but not having, um, I have had these bottles uh, and have not bought a bottle of water in over 10 years. So there has been times when I've been uh, international where we were not, but then where I did have water bottles there um, that, uh, and so I was drinking the bottled water when I was international on some trips that I had to do. But what I've done since then is I got this cool because I'm always trying to find new ways to do it too and just kind of challenge myself and see if it's something I can sustain. Nice. And so what I did is I got this little thing. It was from the Red Cross, um, but I bought it at REI, I think. So it's at the, all the like outdoor stores and it's this little light wand and you stick it in your water and it like kills 99% of everything, which I figured I'd rather deal with that like little tiny percentage of whatever could be in there instead of the plastic carcinogens and be adding to the plastic issue. So, so anyway, so there's, you know, there's different ways to crack that nut, but uh, the water bottle is one big thing that I've done. That's worked for me. I, it's an appendage. I hate being thirsty. So I bring that thing everywhere. Well, just think um, about how many like water bottles over 10 years that you've saved, right? Like, right. Like a ton. I mean, if you do, if you were to just do one a week, right? Right. Well, 50. and so what's so cool. Yeah. And I have like, I have, yeah. Cause then it's like, oh my gosh, like one person has a huge impact over this spread of spread of time. But to look at it, even in the more immediate, we, I work with this, uh, lionfish team. We're addressing the lionfish, uh, invasion down in Antigua. And it's all over the, if, if you're not familiar, it's a really interesting topic with the invasive species, but I'm part of this, this kind of, uh, task force team, we were down working in Antigua to deal with the lionfish invasion there. But this lionfish has invaded all over the Gulf of Mexico and in the Atlantic and all that stuff. So really interesting um, problem that's going on. But we were trying to address that down there. And we were we were headed down to meet with a bunch of the different stakeholder groups on the island. And uh, we were getting together, they were asking us, like, okay, so what kind of foods do you guys want when you're here and, and wherever, where we were going to stay? And I said, oh, well, remember, like, everybody bring your reusables. I was just putting a little reminder out there for anybody that had them. And I said, you know, so we can really operate and represent, like, the A-team when we go down there. And she wrote back, she said, oh, I'm so sorry, we just have bottled water here because they don't suggest that tourists coming in drink the water um, for, you know, variety of reasons. And anyway, it was like, oh, okay, well... I- the the owner of the property uh, wrote back and said, since you mentioned that, it was something I never had thought of because we were going down there. These people were bringing us down there to address some of the environmental issues impacting their beautiful underwater coral reefs and the habitats and ecosystem. And so obviously the plastic pollution is ever present for all of us. It seems like you can't yeah. go anywhere. And so he was like, I never even thought of that. I am not going to buy any more bottled water for my my place, my resort, and we are going to go to the big five gallon ones with reusable cups. Boom! 
boom. I was like, that's so cool. That's awesome. Like just from me saying like, guys, don't forget to bring your reusable bottle, you know? And it was like, that's not really my voice, but you know, and, um, and that was, that was amazing. So you can have an impact just by starting the conversation and just by doing these, these little things that work for you that become habit and, and spread that, spread the good stuff. Nothing well, this virus. Well, let's, let's talk about the good stuff, right? Like where in your experience, if somebody tried to spread the good stuff, if they try to talk about this, if they, if they make a serious attempt to just do one small thing every day, maybe it is um, getting a water bottle and using reusable water bottles instead of plastic ones. Maybe it is reaching out and just talking to some people about it. Or, you know, maybe it is like when you were down here in the Keys where you just sort of Remember, like we were watching the right off of Mallory, uh, not Mallory Square, uh, Fort Zach, mm-hmm. and there was all this like fishing line, and there are these kids trying to clean it up, and you're just like, you just jumped in there, you pulled a knife out of your you know, pocket, and you're like, hey, I will help you with this, let me get that, right? If you even if you did small stuff like that, and consistently over thirty days, paint a picture of like not just where you think the world would end up but how you will feel as a person as you know, in the face of such, such seemingly overwhelming odds for most people. Yeah, no, that that's, that's awesome. And those kids, like that is the perfect example. So yeah, they were down there trying to pull out this crazy fishing gear that had been left behind all the, the line and everything. And there were some hooks tangled in there. It could have tangled up sea life and and uh, birds and all that stuff. And I was so inspired by seeing these young people down there doing that, that I wanted to jump in and take part in it too. And so I think, you know, th- th- it's twofold. Uh, the way that we can each make the biggest impact is leading by example. So integrating these little tiny things that are so easy, they take you less than a minute to even start integrating into your day. And then inspired, just keep doing it. So every time that I've, um, I've heard a cool story where somebody has like the guy with that, you know, um, that has the place that got the water, the big water jugs instead and went to reusable cups. So every time I've heard a story like that, it was because it was just me doing what I do in my life. The changes that the little seemingly insignificant things I've tried to do to just implement in that, that conservation backdrop for myself, um, and then that's where other people have, have started making changes because of what they saw. Another example of something that I do in my life. And it's, I think, you know, there's the craziest funny memes about it. So I know I'm not the only one who always forgets, <laughs> who always forgets my reusable bags when we go into the grocery store. I particularly like the one of Bigfoot where it like, and then it says like, it has a swear word and it's like, oh, I forgot the bags and Bigfoot's running back <laughs> to get his bags. Have you seen that one? No, but I'm going po- could... to post it for you on Instagram. So it's really, um, it's really funny because we all struggle with this. Those dang bags are always where you don't need them. So what I started doing, because I'm forever forgetting my bags, is, and it was really bothering me, is I started using paper, and then I was kind of annoyed at that. I'm like, well, okay, so they're in the car. I don't want to go back out, because it's either like here in Colorado, it's snowing, or I just don't want to go back out to the car. It's really a pain. I got to go. So I just started putting my stuff back in the cart. I'm like, checked it. I'm like, no bags. I'm good. And they're like, what? And I said, I got them in the car. I'll just bag it there. It literally took me like one minute when I got to the car 
you got to keep your receipt because it almost looks like you're walking out with your groceries yeah, <laughs> and you right. can pay for them. I'm like, I paid for these. I just don't have my bags. They're in the car. Um, so anyway, no, I'm just teasing. I've never gotten stopped. Uh, so, but, but, uh, so just walking out, uh, and then bagging them at the car and it's super easy. And I've also done it at home when they actually were at home. But the whole thing is, um, I was doing that in line and somebody was watching me and she was like, Oh, I, I forgot. Um, I forgot. Oh, I had one bag. She's like, I forgot my bags. They're in the car. And I said, yeah, I only have one. So I'm putting the rest of it in my cart and I'm just going to bag them at the cart. And she was like, I never thought of that. Friggin' genius. That's such a good idea. And I'm like, yeah. And it literally takes like a minute when you get there, who cares? And I get, I like to organize my groceries in the bag. So, you know, maybe it takes me two minutes, but, um, that's not for everybody either. But that's just one thing, another thing that I did, but that I saw that have an impact on somebody else of just like this little light bulb go off like, oh, I care. And I never thought of that. And I can totally do that. And it's like no skin off my back whatsoever as far as time crunch or anything. Yeah. Well, and what I love that, that those kinds of stories and listening to you tell those kinds of stories is inspiring simply because I feel like most people, they, they know that they should do things like that or you know maybe have had that idea or in a similar idea once or twice in their life but they don't do it because they're afraid that they're going to look like weirdos you know maybe they're going to they're going to be doing something different and they're going to kind of look like you know maybe be a little embarrassed and there's nothing to be embarrassed about no and i i giggle them, you give them permission to do that and that's what they're totally. like craving yeah so I, I i laughed there because i like specialize in in looking like a weirdo i <laughs> i've made my whole career out of that i've done things where it was like you can't do that it was like oh yeah i can let me try i don't know i'll probably you know and then you fail and you fall on your face and you you know i mean you know listen i i have i have failed so many times at so many different things that I've done, uh, whether it be, you know, blacking out when I was training for my free diving, or I was at a modeling competition at the Waldorf Astoria as a teenager in New York City. And I fell right on my face up on stage, walking down the catwalk. And you just, you get back up, you know, I, luckily any of the mistakes I've made when I was working with like sharks or alligators or anything where I could have lost life and limb, I I was very lucky in those cases and was able to, you know, recover from any mistakes that I had made there. But I'll tell you what, like, I think that I think in a way that is a great conversation starter, too, of just being a little odd. I mean, let's face it. We all are odd. We are not all our Instagram accounts. Right. I mean, right. it's just not it's not reality, guys. And there are so many um and we're, and we're all human in this human experience together. And so what I, I guess the, the whole idea with that is um, being able to have the courage to be vulnerable in that way and m- take those steps and be like, oh, okay. And, and it has, here's the other thing I, that I think is really important to, uh, um, on this idea of being vulnerable and trying to empower and encourage people and inspire, inspire each other. I mean, my God, if we can't inspire each other, what is the meaning of life, right? Like here, here we go. Let's inspire each other. Let's figure out how we can do things better and learn from each other's experiences. And 
this, uh, a lot of these issues have become really polarizing where if you, you know, if you don't want a straw, you're obviously voting this way or that, or, and, and it, it's become so polarizing. And I think it's really important to point out that nobody, like shame is not a motivator ever. So like shaming and making people feel terrible, including yourself is never going to get you to an empowered place where you are able to take action. And if you're it's trying to, it, yeah, if you're trying to, yeah, if you're trying to inspire somebody else, like making them feel like crap about something they're doing, which by, by the way, they might've not have even thought of it as something bad. And so there's raising awareness is a huge issue, which in my experience has been mostly through just trying to lead by example, by making some of the changes and some of the failures and, and all of that stuff and just um, leading by example. And then, raising awareness in that way as well. And then just knowing that my battle that I pick for this little habit change in my life might not be somebody else's battle. Maybe they want to do, um, they religiously shut off their water when they brush their teeth. Like not wasting is one of the biggest impacts we can have. Yes. And not, and, and as consumers, not buying stuff that one of the one of the memes out there is like stop buying crap and they'll stop making crap, you know. And so it's 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 a little negative. I like to stay a little more positive than that, but but it's true. I mean, we have so much power as consumers too of just like just thinking that extra minute about oh well maybe there's a different choice that I could do instead of that. And then you're like, hey, I just made a, like I just made a more you know uh, empowered conservationist move there without even without even taking any extra time in your day. So I just yep. think that's an important thing to add though I, I think about about not <clears throat> not using negativity and shame to um to try and motivate people because it doesn't work. Yeah. And it just it just makes us all feel bad and we need to come together and feel good especially right now. <laughs> Seriously. Seriously. Yeah. And uh and you know people agree too like parents saying I love this woman preach I love that preach. Thanks, man. <laughs> Lyndon says, amen, sister. Uh, <laughs> Lyndon, my wonderful Finned friend. If you guys haven't watched the Fire Builder Live with Lyndon, go watch it. She's amazing. It was just, amazing. She's Lynn- just like so, she's wicked smart and awesome. And like, she's an OG mermaid, a- amazing person. And like, I just love her to death. Friggin' OG mermaid. Yes, she's an she OG is. mermaid. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> just stay for the Lindenisms as well. Like, uh, oh my god, I, I try and keep up with her, and I get like one in, and then I'm like, I got, I got nothing. I have got no more after one, yeah, and then like, I'll try one, and I'm like, that would didn't no, that doesn't make any sense. I, I'm amazed, like, I because I, in my head, I'm like, all right, so how many things can I rhyme with shell? Right. And right. Then that's it. This is as far as my brain goes. And, <laughs> and you're like, just, the shell phone, the mermaids use the shell phone, right? It's like, yeah, like I've got I, like that one. Yeah, exactly. Like I play it out so much. Like I stretch it out to just like, all right, Josh, like stop, man. That's just ridiculous. Find right. another. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Lyndon is amazing. Check that out. That is a great conversation. And, and yeah, and I like the reason I put these things up is because people, you know, it's inspiring to hear people say what you're saying about leading by example, looking a little odd, not being ashamed about it, but trying new things, uh, changing your mindset about certain ways that you think about conservationism and not wasting, not wasting. Um, I think that's really important for people to hear. I think you're right. Everybody could use a little bit more positivity nowadays. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I think that's where, where we all become empowered and can really start taking the steps together 
with all of our individual changes to, to turn, I mean, it's not easy to turn the Titanic, but it can be turned, right? Like, that's a bad example because the Titanic goes down. You know what I mean? Like a big ship. So yeah, right? Like, er, rewind, delete that out. We're live. Too bad. But, um, but you know, like you, the, you can, we can change. There's so many things where, where we just are incredibly powerful. Our minds are so powerful and we each have a unique superpower of what we bring to the world and ways that we can inspire people. And, yeah, I just encourage everybody to look at the the things in their life where um, that you know already, and just pick one, pick one, and start there. Like it's it's kind of like um, I have a uh, this this awesome friend who's personal trainer that's been totally kicking my butt in my workouts. Um, Z Fit. If you guys are feeling like you need some uh, some self discipline and getting busy, go check her boot camps out. Seriously, they like are intense and amazing. But she says you just gotta start the hard thing. Just start it. And then it's not hard anymore. So whatever it is, like as soon as you take that first step, you know, and I love Lyndon's saying about it too. It's like the only way to eat an elephant is one bite at a time. Or how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. And it is. It's just like one step in front of the other. And really like for for everybody that does want to make a positive impact on the world around you, it literally that's that's what you do. You just make this one little change. And then after that kind of becomes habit, you just do the next little thing. And and it really becomes that backdrop. And it's not something you think about. You're desensitized to it. And um, I think it takes us like, I'm trying to remember, I think it's 20 days to change our habit. So this is a good trick. You move your wastebasket in your bathroom and see how many days it takes you to stop going to the old place it was to throw your stuff away. No kidding. So then it can just like, it doesn't take that long to change a habit. And it's scientifically proven that we can change a habit. And the other thing that I, I love is um, uh, there's, you know, any, any time that you have a problem and there's a solution, it's no longer a problem. Somebody said that, and I, I don't know who, but I love that quote because it's like, you just don't have a problem. You have solutions and we just need to do them. So like, if and then if you broaden that to that big picture of all these crazy overwhelming issues that are going on in the world that are seemingly out of our control, but really aren't, uh, you know, if we take the motions to, to become these empowered conservationists, then that collectively does start driving change on the next levels up. So with policy and with what's acceptable to the consumer, because we're not going to buy that stuff anymore because you can do better and we expect better. And so that's where then that starts gaining momentum. And then you start, you know, getting into like, you know, the policy change and the, and all the different things on corporate level um, because consumers are demanding better. And I just, you know, the technology and all of the solutions and science are, either there or underway to slow and reverse in many cases, the environmental impacts that we see unfolding right now, like literally it's there, it's either there or it's in the works with all these amazing, brilliant minds, young and old working on these problems to try and find solutions. And so it's all there, but we, the people need to um, just get in this empowered place where we're going, that's what we want. That's what we're voting for. That's what we're spending our money on. And that is how that change will happen. You look throughout history, man. That's how all change has ever happened. It's how it's done. So like that is where that comes from and embracing 
these solutions that are available will start slowing and reversing what the negative stuff that we see going on. It will. So it, 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 you know, there's so much promise. It's such an exciting time to be alive. I mean, it's also a very interesting time to be alive, which somebody pointed out uh, recently was not, I think I was listening to an interview with Dr. Fauci and he was like, yeah, that's, you know, that that's probably a, True, where it's it's not necessarily a good thing, you know, where you're living in interesting times. But we are in interesting times, but we're also in the most amazing time, I think, in in science and history because we have, um, we we know, we know, and when you know, you can do better. And exactly. you can't you can't unknow things. That was it's my favorite pro- my favorite professor in college said that he was like, once you know stuff, you can't unknow it, and it's like so simple but really true. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. And and you're right. And it's and the solutions are so much more easily like spread, you know, right. with the internet the communication. Like it's uh it's not like we're living in you know the dark ages where where somebody comes up with an amazing idea, but two towns over, no one's ever heard of that person. Yeah, like the nineties. I mean Yeah, exactly, right? We're not in the dark ages right? like the nineties. Jesus. <laughs> like, right, yes. Well, so honestly, this is this has been such an amazing conversation. Uh, other people are agreeing. Mandy says, "Loving this lady. So glad I found this live law of attraction." Absolutely. Let's oh, see. Thanks, Mandy. She, really Perry, good to meet you. Arian said, "Can I live in your backyard for a day?" <laughs> Just get that shot in the arm, you know. I like, I like to. Th- I love that. Yeah, man. It's like checking in with gratitude and just checking in with with uh, your inspiration sources are so important every day. That's one way that I've started to really work past any ecological grief that was kind of weighing on my shoulders. You know. Yeah, I hear that. I I think that if people want to get that, and you want to spend time with them, and they want to spend time with you. How is the, what's the best way to get in touch with you? You mentioned that you're doing a video, um, like a vlog here pretty soon. Mm -hmm. You got all kinds of stuff going on. What's, what do you got? What do you got in your life? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, definitely go to my website, which is meganhaneygreer.com. Uh, you can also go to freediver.com, which is easier to spell. Uh, but they both go to the same place right now. And you can sign up for my newsletter there and um, my email list. I definitely don't inundate you. It'll just be important updates that come out and of stuff going on. And then also I'm very active on social media, in particular Instagram. And uh, that's connected with my Facebook page. So um, it's just my name. Uh that and and you know I can post it too down in the comments under this stuff so people can connect with me there. But I love to connect with people. Um, it's me doing all that stuff. So so if you send me a question, I'll do my best to answer it. Um, but definitely sign sign up for my stuff. I have a lot of exciting projects in the works. I work with a lot of different nonprofit groups on really interesting and incredible projects like this lionfish invasion um, task force I'm part of going down to Antigua and just different stuff like that. So. So yeah, please connect. I definitely, I love, um, you know, if, if it's not apparent, I will tell you, I love connecting with people and just sharing my passion and excitement about this stuff and seeing how we can inspire each other. You seem very reserved. I don't know if you, I think I that you're lying. You just don't like connecting. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I'm a wallflower. What can I tell you? Yes. Oh, really? <laughs> this has been so awesome. Let me also let me throw Thanks. this up because Z ended up saying hey meg we love you that's awesome uh thanks that's z who i was talking about who's like kicking my butt in the uh boot camps i never knew that i could get such an incredible workout and like 
hurt so good from a workout at home with no weights. It's like all body weight. It's incredible. And I'll tell you what, I just did a post on my Instagram um, about working out and just the, the self-discipline. Um, and it's so important. I was, I was not feeling right and skipping workouts and stuff like that back in April. And I, I reached out to Z, who is a dear friend of mine. And I was like, dude, I need help. What can, what, what can I do? I wish I was there so I could like work out six feet away from you or whatever. And she said, I'm just, I just now I'm taking my, my workouts online. And I was like, oh, perfect. And so I, I highly recommend it if you're feeling down and, and stressed with everything going on. This is a perfect outlet. Agreed. Agreed. And, uh, and so honestly, this like, this has just been so awesome. Megan, Likewise. Thank you. It's such a great episode. So guys, seriously, go to those sites. The links will be in the comments and the description. However, you're listening to this, whether it's on a Facebook live or whether it's on the podcast, it will be down below or connected with this episode. And again, Megan, this has just been so amazing. Thank you so much for being here. Likewise, my friend. Thank you for having me on. All right. Well, this is Megan and Josh signing off. Another mm-hmm. episode of Fire Builders Live from Colorado and Key West. Uh, we'll be seeing you guys later. Thanks again for listening. And we'll Thanks see you guys. Thanks for being here, guys. Bye.